All right, good evening, everybody. You want to go ahead and find your places, and we'll get, uh, we'll get started here. If you got your Bible and you want to follow along, uh, we are going to move one more verse, Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. Um, and the title of our lesson tonight is Affection and Honor. So let's read our verse. Paul says, love one another with brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing honor. Love one another with brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing honor. And you're thinking, how in the world is he going to get 40 minutes out of that? Well, let me say, that's pretty easy. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Hey, I want to I cover something tonight. I was going to cover it last week and I didn't get a chance because I want to show you something here. Um. I don't know how many of you are familiar with ancient Greek, probably not very many of us, but ancient Greek is the language that the New Testament is mostly uh, written in. And it's an interesting language. It has absolutely no punctuation at all. So ancient Greek has no periods, it has no commas, it has no apostrophes, it has no semicolons, it has no question marks, it has none of that. So no punctuation. Not only that, it doesn't use any spaces. So the way that we put spaces between our words and spaces at the end of, our, of a sentence, uh, ancient Greek doesn't do any of that. Uh, and, there's, and by the way, there's no uppercase, lowercase. It's just all uppercase. So imagine what that looks like. It's literally just a string of characters. Um, now, when you think about that, you would think, man, that's got to be pretty hard to read. Right. I mean, no punctuation. How would you know where one word stopped and one word, another word began? How would you know where one sentence stopped and another one began? But it turns out it's not near as hard as you think uh, might think it is. In fact, let me give you an example. I'm going to put up some text and I'm not I'm going to use all uppercase. I'm going to use no punctuation and no spaces. And you see if you can read that. I'll give you about uh, about five seconds to see if you can read that. Pretty easy, right? You know, the human brain is a funny thing, right? You, you, you don't even need punctuation. You don't need lowercase letters. You don't need spaces. Uh, and one of the reasons it's so easy for us to read that is because we are native English speakers. It's pretty easy for our brain just to look at that and figure it out because we grew up reading and writing English. But the problem is, well, the same thing was true with people back in Paul's day who spoke ancient Greek. They didn't need spaces. They didn't need punctuation. It was very easy for them to figure out what things says. The problem is there are no native speakers of ancient Greek alive today. Even the people who live in Greece don't speak ancient Greek. They speak modern Greek. So all the translators that are out there translating these documents and translating these letters, they have to look at it and try to figure out what the uh, original writer was saying. So the question is, when a translator looks at all these letters that, that just have no punctuation, how do they figure out where the punctuation goes? How do they figure out what the original writer meant? Where do they put commas or where do they put uh, periods? Where does a paragraph end? Where does a thought end and another thought begin? Well, what they have to do is they have to look for clues. So let me give you an example. This is Romans 12, 9 and 10. 
And this is the English Standard Version. And it says this, let love be genuine, period. Abhor what is evil. Somebody, so somebody had to decide, semicolon, hold fast to what is good, period. Love one another with brotherly affection, period. Outdo one another in showing honor. Now, if you just looked at that, does there anything there seem just a little bit out of place? See, one thing that if you think about it looks out of place is that right there. Because he starts off by saying, let love be genuine, and then he goes on and says, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another. But in kind of in the middle of that, he says, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. So some translations actually translate it a little bit differently. For example, the Aramaic Bible in plain English says this, be not deceitful in your love, but hate evil and cling to the good. The Jubilee Bible says this, let love be without dissimulation or without hypocrisy abhorring that which is evil, causing you to come unto that which is good. Do you see how they combined them? See what we're seeing here. In other words, what Paul could be doing here is not just giving us these very short commands, but he's actually telling us how to love. In other words, he starts out and says, let love be genuine. Now, this is how you do genuine love. You hate what is evil. You cling to what is good. You outdo one another in showing honor. And I think that's exactly what he's doing here tonight in verse 10 is this is how we love each other genuinely. We do it through the emotion of brotherly and sisterly affection, and we do it through the action of showing honor. Now, with that said, let's move on. I want to remind you that this command is written to the church. Okay, it is addressed to the family of God. He says what? Love what? One another. Right? Outdo one another. The one another here, he's not talking about out in the world. He's talking about you and I. He's talking about those in the family of God. Now, by the way, this does not at all mean that you can't have affection for people outside. Doesn't mean you can't show honor to those outside the church. In fact, as we'll see in a little bit, not only can you do it, you should do it. So it doesn't mean you can't do that. What he's saying here is the focus here is on the family of God. In other words, wherever else you love with brotherly affection and wherever else you show honor in your life, you make sure you do it in the family of God first. You should never be outside loving others and outside showing brotherly affection and outside showing honor and then come into the church and don't do it. That makes no sense at all. So Paul wants us to understand wherever else you do it, you do it here first. Now, let's come back to our verse. A few weeks ago when we started going through verses 9 through 13, I told you that there are 13 little short exhortations or commands. And I said, well, how do we read these? And I, and I told you one of the ways that I read the Bible is I always ask myself questions. When I read a passage, I, I, think, about, I think about it, right? I meditate on it. I let it go through my mind and I ask myself questions. And so some of the questions we might ask about this is Paul says, love one another with brotherly affection. Well, what does he mean by that? What is affection? What does it mean to show honor? The second question I would ask is why is it important for us to do these things? And then, of course, the big one that I want to know is how do you do those things? And so these are the three questions we're going to ask her tonight. So the first one I want to look at is what? What is brotherly affection? Well, this is easy, right? The word used here in the Greek is Philadelphia, 
And we all know Philadelphia is a city of what? Brotherly love, because that's what the Greek word means. It, it literally means brotherly love or sibling love. So what he's talking about here, when he talks about love one another with brotherly affection, he means you love one another with that deep emotional bond of family. Now listen, we all, this is something we all understand. We all have family, right? Um, it ain't perfect. Anybody here got a perfect family? Um, yeah, my son raised his hand. Good job, Josh. Awesome, man. He's lying. That's not true. Um, families have squabbles. Families get mad at one another, but they're always there for each other, right? They always back one another up. Now, this is what we're supposed to have in church. No, we're not perfect. Not everybody's going to going to automatically gel with everybody else. Not everybody's going to necessarily always get along with everybody else, but we love each other like a family. Now, I know what most of you are thinking right about now is that is, have you met my family, right? Um, we've, all, we've all got family members that, uh, you know, we're not, maybe not too awful proud of. But listen, this is what we have to remember you look around and there's people in, our, in this church that come from different backgrounds. They come from, we're, we're different races, we're different socioeconomic statuses, we're all kind of different things. But we don't love each other in, 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 through human effort, right? We do this thing because God enables us to, to do it. Matthew 19, 26 says this, with man... Things like this are impossible. With God, all things are possible. Ezekiel 36, 27. How does God make it possible? I will put my spirit within you and I'll cause you to walk in my statutes. If God says, love one another with brotherly affection, he puts the spirit in you and the spirit allows you to walk that out. Right? So this isn't a man thing. This isn't something you have to do in your own strength. It's something that God will enable us to do. Now... Let's turn to the other one. What does it mean to honor someone? To honor means to literally just treat someone with respect. It, it means that you value them. It means that you show in your words and your actions that they are important. Now listen, some people are not worthy of honor. Okay, In many cases, honoring people means treating them different than they really are. But when you go look at the Bible, and I want you to pay close attention to what I'm about to say, when God tells us to honor, he, he does it without any qualifiers whatsoever. Okay, let me give you some examples. Exodus 20, 12, the Ten Commandments, honor your father and your mother. It doesn't say honor them if they're worthy of honor. It doesn't say honor them if you agree with them. It doesn't say honor them if they are honorable. It just says honor them. Why? Because of their position, because of who they are. There are no qualifiers on this. We're to honor those who are older. Leviticus 19.32, you shall rise up before the gray-headed and honor the aged, and you shall revere your God. I am the Lord. Listen, there's a lot of old people, gray-haired people, who look like they ain't learned a thing, right? But notice, there's no qualifiers there it says you honor them just because they're they're older because they're they're aged let me give you another one romans 13 7 give respect and honor to those in authority all right i got something i need to say you can probably guess what's coming right about now don't you 
I, I told you last week, I quoted Peter, where Peter said that the church, the family of God, is the pillar and the buttress of the truth. You remember that? That means if this is the truth, you and I hold the truth up. Which means, I said last week, that we can go to emperors and we can go to dictators and we can go to presidents and we can stand before the Supreme Court and we can hold up the truth and we can say, no, you are wrong. Are you with me? Because we hold up the truth. But holding up the truth also means that we have to hold it up before one another. It's not about just speaking it to the unbelievers. It's about speaking it to each other. So I got something I need to say. We are told in Romans 13, and you can, if, if you've got your Bible open, you can flip over one chapter and read verses 1 through 7. It is all about dealing with government authorities. When th Romans 13, 7, when it says give respect and honor to those who are in authority, he's talking about those who are in government. He's talking about our governors. He's talking about our leaders. He's talking about our president. Notice, no qualifiers. No qualifiers. Those words right there shouldn't be on a bumper sticker on your car, shouldn't be on a T-shirt that you're wearing or a hat that you're wearing, and they should never come out of your mouth. Now, I understand. I understand when you vehemently disagree with the government. I vehemently disagree with our president. But that kind of disrespect has no place in the church. It has no place in the family of God. There's no qualifier there. And you may say, well, you know, Paul didn't. He never thought we'd have a president like we. Listen, the man was riding under people like Nero. I mean, he, Paul wasn't a fool. He, he wasn't ignorant. He understood our leaders are, a lot of them are going to be evil. A lot of them are going to have a lot of problems. Show them respect and honor because God has put them there. God put them there. Now, sometimes he does that to bless us and sometimes he does it for judgment. But regardless, God put them there and you respect them for who they are because of their office. Now, again, they may be scoundrels. They may not, but may not be honorable, but that has no place. In fact, a few weeks ago, I opened a, my, uh, a website that I read and I found uh, John Hagee's church out in Texas held a some kind of get together. It wasn't a church get together, but they opened up their church to a group, and that group in the middle of that church started saying that, let's go, Brandon, let's go. And I, I was sick to my stomach when I read that. Absolutely sick to my stomach that, that a people in a church, the name of God, and you should have seen some of the comments about it, the name of God was blasphemed because of that. We are to be different. We're to be different. We're not to be like the world. We're not to be like the Republicans or the Democrats. We are to be Christians. And we are called to obey the word sometimes whether we like it or not. Okay? So I'll move on and you're probably tired of that. 1 Timothy 6.1 Let all who are under a yoke as bondservants regard their masters as worthy of all honor so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. I mean, look, look what that says. You're, you're, a, you're a slave. You regard your master. You regard him with honor. He may not be honorable, but you regard him that way. Why? So that the name of God is not blasphemed. So that the teaching of the word of God is not blasphemed. Okay? Again, it doesn't mean we put our head in the sand. It doesn't mean you don't see their, their faults. 
It doesn't mean that you can't speak truth to them, but you do it in an honorable and a respectful way. Listen, this is especially true within the body of Christ. I want you to read this, this uh, scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, 23 to 25. This is Paul writing. He said this, And the parts that we regard as less honorable are those that we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable, part, honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all members care for each other. Paul says in a body like this, there are going to be people who are less honorable. They make more mistakes than other people. He says, you go to those people and you show them more honor. And you show them more care. People like, maybe like me or Pastor Henry, we don't necessarily need that, right? But the people that are new, people that are struggling, people that, that are doing dishonorable things, Paul said, show them extra honor. Show them that you love them. Show that you respect them. Show that they're important to you. Okay? Romans 12.10, look what he says. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. The word in the Greek literally means to go in front of as a leader. In other words, you don't sit around waiting and saying, oh, I'm going to see what that guy... No, you say, let me show you how to honor other people. Let me out, let, make a contest out of it if you have to. Yo, you think you can honor people? Watch me do it. Be a leader in honoring other people. Don't wait and be a follower. Don't wait for somebody else to start showing honor. And I'll tell you a little bit later how to do that and why we are to do it. But we are to lead the way. Now, one quick thing before we leave this subject. Be very, very careful of showing partiality when it comes to honor. We don't honor one kind of person. We don't pick any kind of race. We don't pick any kind of socioeconomic class or any kind of educational class or one type of body or one type of gender or one type of anything. We honor everybody. Okay? In fact, God doesn't like this. In fact, he doesn't like it at all when we pick people out to honor over others. James says this in James 2, 1 through 6. My brothers and sisters, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a, fine, a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing, and you say, sit here in a good place, and you say to the poor man, stand over there or sit at my feet, he says, you are showing partiality, and you've done the opposite of what God has asked us to do. You've dishonored the poor man. So it's not just about showing honor. If you do it with partiality, you're dishonoring. And we cannot do that. Now, we know what affection and we know what honor is now. Now, here's the second question we want to answer tonight. And that is why. Why is this so important? Why is it important that we have brotherly affection or sisterly affection for one another? And why does it matter so much that we honor uh, one another. Well, the easy answer here is because the Bible tells us, right? That's a, that's a really easy answer. The Bible says do it, so you do it. But there are uh, deeper reasons. I'm going to give you three of them. First of all, it matters because doing these things, having brotherly affection for one another, and showing honor to one another, both are things that show the reality of your new nature in Christ. 
In other words, someone that can show brotherly affection and honor in the body of Christ show that they're a new creation. They show that they're born again. Let me give you a scripture. First John 5, 1 says this. Everyone who loves the Father loves those who are born of the Father. If I really love God, then I'm going to love everyone who's born of God. That's what he says. I, I can't say I love God, but I don't love you. That, that's, that doesn't exist. Everyone who loves the Father will love those who have been born of him. So what he's saying here is this type of natural affection, brotherly affection, sisterly affection, is natural to those who are born again. Let me tell you something. You've heard me say this before. You don't start your eternal life when you die. You started your eternal life the moment you were born again. I'm living my eternal life right now. I will never die. This flesh will die. It'll, it'll waste away. But my spirit, I've got a new spirit. I am, I'm a new creation in Christ. I will never die. I'll go from this body directly to be with the, the Lord. I'm living my eternal life right now. One day, you and I will live together in heaven. And we'll live in relationships where there's no suspicion, no resentment, no animosity, no hostility, no jealousy. Can you imagine Think about this. Pretty much every relationship we have has some resentment, some jealousy, some... Are you with me? There's no perfect relationships in this life. We all come with this baggage. We're suspicious. What do they really... What do they mean by that? What are they thinking about that? Do they really like me or they just say... We always got all this junk going on. But one day, one day in heaven, all that's gone. All that's gone. That's an amazing, amazing thing. Now, here's the thing. God wants us to start living in the light of that right now. Start living, practicing these relationships that you're going to spend an eternity in. One of my favorite scriptures, 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says this. Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. Paul says you got all this bad stuff inside of you. Start getting rid of it because who you are, you're really a new creation. Start living like it. Start acting like it. Don't think, man, I just gotta, I'm just going to act this way and then when I die, I'm all of a sudden going to be this new person. No, Paul says start acting like it right now. Start living that eternal life right now because that's who you are. Honoring others is the fruit of the same tree. It's a demonstration that we have the nature of Christ. Matthew 20, 28 says this. Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. If you're born again, the apple should not fall far from the tree. You should have that nature of Christ. You should seek to honor and serve and respect and love. So those two things, affection and honor, they are the spiritual DNA of Christians that have been born again. They are the way the children of God should treat one another. That's the first reason. The second reason it matters is because when we show affection to one another and we have affection with one another and we honor one another, it strengthens and confirms the faith of those who we are doing that to. Okay? Let me ask you a question. How would you feel in your family if nobody in your family ever said, I love you? How would you feel in your family if nobody celebrated your birthday? 
How would you feel if nobody on Father's Day called or sent a card and said Happy Father's Day and acknowledged that you were their father or, or mother or whatever the case may be? How would you feel? I can tell you what you would. You wouldn't feel much like you were in a family, would you? You wouldn't feel like that at all. You see, when you're on the receiving end of people telling you that they love you, when you're on the receiving end of, of people telling that you're, you're important, man, we appreciate you, we love you, we, we, we see the good things in you. Man, when you, when you get that, you feel part of the family. Well, it's the same thing in the family of God. Romans 14, 9 says this, Let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. That's, a, that's just what this does. It builds us that, that person up. When you tell them you love them, when you tell them they're important, you tell them you're praying for them, tell them you're thinking about them, they, it confirms to them, man, they... This is a real thing. They, I'm really part of this family, not just a participant that sits out there in a seat. The third reason it matters is because when we have brotherly affection for one another and we show honor and respect to one another, it puts on display the glory of Christ for the world to see. I want to read you a quote. This is a quote from the Emperor Julian. He was a Roman emperor from... I forget, what was it, 361 to 363 A.D., okay? And he wrote this. So this was written in the 300s, right? He says this, atheism, now by the way, let me explain that. In the Roman Empire, you worship Roman gods, right? If you didn't worship the Roman gods, then you were an atheist. So when he, when he talks about atheism, he's talking about Christians because they refuse to worship Roman gods. This is what he says. Atheism has been specially advanced through the loving service rendered to strangers and through their care for the burial of the dead. It is a scandal that there's not one single Jew who is a beggar and that the godless Galileans care not only for their own poor, but for ours as well, while those who belong to us look in vain for the help that we should render them. I love that. He said, even to the point of caring for the dead. You see, the Romans, they just burned their bodies. They just threw them on the trash heap. They thought the body meant nothing. And then these Christians come along and, and one of their own died, man. And they, they took care of it and they honored it and they respected it. And the Romans are looking at that like, wow, never seen anything like that before. And they took care of the poor people. They took care of the orphans. They took care of the, the, the widows. For the Romans, you were just on your own. You go beg. You can't work, you beg. And the Christians came along and they created this community that, that the world had never seen anything like that before. A community, I mean, it was just unknown for that time. And even the emperor of Rome saw it and recognized it and said, that's, that's unbelievable. It brought glory to the God of the Christians. There's a community of loyal, loving, humble, serving Honoring, affectionate people living in these types of relationships. Listen, if you do that, the world sees it. When you and I love our brothers and sisters in Christ, when we try to outdo one another in showing honor, trust me, the world will see and God will be uh, glorified. This is exactly what Jesus told us to do in Matthew five sixteen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your works and glorify God, your Father who is in heaven. All right, let's get to the last part. We know what affection is. We know what honor is. We Now we know why it's important. 
Because not only does it show that we're really born again, that we're really Christians, not only does it upbuild or build up those in the body and bring glory to Christ. Now, the question is, how do we do it? How do you and I become the type of people? Listen, I know a lot of you. And I know there are people that come to this church and other per- churches and they come in on Sunday morning and they sit down in a seat and they, 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 you know, they, they're in the service and after it's over, they're gone. And they're just, a, they're just a, 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 an onlooker. They're, just, they're not really in... Are you with me? They're not trying to make relationships. They're not trying to build other people up. They're not, they're not interested in doing all that. How do you and I become those kind of people? How, how do we get out of our chairs and start being just somebody that's listening and watching and seeing what's going on to somebody that's actively participating in the body of Christ that really does look over there and think, man, I, I really love that guy like a brother. I really love her like a sister. How do we become those people? How do you and I honor people who are dishonorable? Because by the way, there's not, a, not many of us in here at all that don't do dishonorable things. Think dishonorable thoughts. Say dishonorable words, right? But how do we honor one another, even when we know that about each other? How do we do that? Well, let me first give you the list that we've kind of already covered. Number one, you need to know that God commands it. You need to know that God commands it. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. So first and foremost, this is a command from God. You also need to understand that these things should be part of your new nature in Christ. Okay, we have this. If you are born again, you have the spirit inside of you. The spirit is changing you. He's changing your outlook. He's changing your worldview. He's changing your perspective. He's, he's making you see people differently than you've ever seen them before in your life. That's just part of your nature. You also, number three, need to admit that you can't do it on your own. That takes divine power. You can't create. You can fake it, by the way. Hypocrites can fake brotherly affection. You can fake showing honor. But what did Paul say in 12.9? Let your love be real. Let it be without hypocrisy. That only comes from the Spirit. Number four, you need to pray earnestly that God would make you into that kind of person. Okay, now I'm going to give you three more. Here's the fifth thing you need to do. Preach the gospel to yourself every single day. This is one of my favorite things in the world to say and teach and do. Preach the gospel to yourself. Remind yourself that you do bad things. Remind yourself that you can be annoying and immature. Remind yourself that sometimes your attitude is terrible. Yes, there's nobody gets out of here free, right? I mean, we all do dishonorable things. You need to remind yourself of that every day and then remind yourself that you're accepted because of what he did. You're forgiven because of what he did. You are righteous because of what he did, not because what you get up and do every day. You, you come short every day, but you're still forgiven. You're still loved. You're still accepted. You're still seen righteous. Remind yourself of that every single day. And then, by the way, remind yourself that that very same thing is true about every brother and sister that's sitting in these seats. They do bad things. 
They think bad things. They say bad things. They are immature. They have a bad attitude. And yet, isn't the same thing true? They are accepted because of what he did. They're loved because of what he did. They're righteous and forgiven because of what he did. Remind yourself that Christ shed his blood for them. And he forgives them for all those things they do that upset you. Let me say that again. All those things they do that get on your nerves. He forgives them for those things. His blood covers those things. Listen, church, don't claim those things in, in doctrine and not in deed. Don't say, I believe all those things and then don't walk it out. That, that's... We ought to walk also as he walks. If you love me, keep my commandments. It's not about what you say. It's about what you do. So we cannot affirm those things indeed. Oh yeah, I know he's covered by the blood. I know he's forgiven. Then treat him that way. Respect him that way. Honor him that way. You see, if God has clothed them with the righteousness of Christ, view them that way. Yeah, don't, we're not, we don't put our head in the sands. We're not foolish, right? Yeah, they do dishonorable things. Yeah, they have bad attitudes. Yeah, they, they can be immature and annoying, just like every single one of us. But don't dishonor the blood of Christ that pays for their sins. Don't dishonor the work of Christ that covers their mistakes. Let affection and honor flow. Number six. Now, this is a really important one. Let, well, say this. When you want to show, if, if your goal is to show brotherly affection to those in the body and to show honor, then you need to start looking for evidence of God's grace in their life. Okay? Let me say what I mean. I, I read this a while back, and I, and I thought this would be good. It says it's time for us to honor one another. Let's assume people are doing their best, not their worst. That they're capable, not incapable. That they have a gift we're to recognize and appreciate, not criticize. See, every believer, if they are a believer, they have grace in their life because God is at work, is He not? It, 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 listen, they, they may have a lot of bad, but they've also got some good going on. Don't dishonor the work of God by only seeing the works of the flesh. Honor the work of God by seeing the grace that's in their life. Start looking for the evidence. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what God is going to do at the last judgment. This is what he's going to do for you and me at the last judgment. He's going to gather up all the F's in your life. And he's going to throw them in the fire and burn them. And he's going to gather up all the D's. And the C's and the B's. And don't kid yourself, there ain't going to be any A's. Don't none of us make A's. He's going to gather up all the little places where we just got a little better through the Spirit. And He's going to celebrate those with us. Are you with me? The F's He's just going to throw away. And He's going to celebrate the grace. He's not going to criticize us for where we failed. He's going to celebrate where we achieved in our, in our life. Why don't we do that for others now? Why don't we do that for others now, what God will one day do for us? Can we just start ignoring for a little while the F's and start celebrating sometimes the B's and the C's and even the 
the D's in other people's life. Number seven, this will be the last one. We need to remember that you once were alienated from God and cut off without hope. The fact is that every single one of us, of us here in our relationship to God were undeserving of his affection and certainly undeserving of his honor. But God has given us both in Jesus Christ. So we need to always remember that. We need to remember where we come from. We weren't deserving of those things. Why? Because humility really is the key to esteeming others better than yourself. Philippians 2.3 says this, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. I tell you, folks, I know if uh, Pastor Henry, he must be over at one of the other places tonight. I know he would say this. Hey, our dream as a church is to have this right here. Oh, there he is. He's listening. He's making sure I don't say nothing wrong. Sorry, I was looking for that green shirt, Henry. I did not see it. I'm sorry. Um, can you imagine a body where we all love each other like family? Where we are going out of our way to... I mean, we're competing, outdoing one another in showing honor and respect. Telling people that we love them and they're important to us and, and they're important to the body. Overlooking their failures and, 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 and celebrating the grace that God is putting in their life. Could it be if the church would do that, that people outside would take notice? That, that people outside would say, I don't know, I, I, I want a part of that. Listen, I, you've heard me say this often, I'm be 59 in a, in a few weeks. I don't have a, a ton of time left. I want to I see the church being the church. Right? They, they think that's funny, but listen. Listen to me. Y'all know Bob Saget died this week, right? Everybody see that? That man tweeted. He tweeted in his hotel room. He was looking forward to doing this and this and this. And in 12 hours, he's dead. He's gone. There's not a one of us here that knows how much time we have. You may be 85 years old and you may have way more time than I got. You don't know. Work while you can. Do while you can. Show affection while you can. Honor one another while you can. Make a difference. Make a difference while you can. Don't just get up and let tomorrow be another day and another day. Start looking around. Start looking at your brothers and sisters. How can I honor her? How can I, how can I honor him? How can I build them up? Let's make a difference with our life. Let's make a difference in our family. And let's make a difference in this church. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we love you for your word. Love you for what you've given us. The, it's just unbelievable to me, Lord. Every time I sit down and I read and I just start to think about what you're saying. And it just, it just opens up like a, like a flower. And, and just there's so much there for us to think about. And there's so much there to impact our lives. Now, I'm going to ask you, Holy Spirit, that you'll somehow take the words that have been spoken here tonight. And you go and you do what you do. Because that's all they are right now is words. Apart from you, they fall flat on the floor and they make no difference. But when you take the word, God, you change things. 
Holy Spirit, change us, change me, change each and every person here. Have us, Lord, as we go through this week and and this year to come, that we start looking for ways to honor one another, that we start looking for ways to make a difference in our family, in in our work environment, but more than any place else, Lord, that we make a difference in this body, in this family. God, strengthen the family of God at River of Life in, in, in 2022 stronger than it has ever been. God, take us places, but it all starts so simply, so simply by just having brotherly affection for one another and honoring one another. Coexisting together as a family and then we sit back and watch what you can do. It'll be an amazing Father, we pray tonight before we close for all those who are still out sick, for those who have, uh, uh, we've got some, uh, Ms. Weta, who fell and, and, and uh, had her hip replacement surgery. Lord, we pray for her and, and just others in the body that have been struggling and going through some things. God, we just ask you to be with them. Uh, God, that even as they're apart from us, they'll know how much affection that we have for them. God, and they'll feel that uh, through our letters, through our texts, through our emails. And, uh, and through our visits. We love you, Lord. We thank you for all that you do. And we just ask you once again to bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all.